Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Abhishek uh, Srivastava, who is the co-founder and CEO of uh, MBA Trek placement preparation and career uh, guidance platform. Uh, Abhishek has attended uh, Georgia Institute of Technology for MS and uh, he has also attended Indian uh, School of Business uh, for MBA. Abhishek has worked for uh, nine years uh, with companies such as uh, Snyder Electric, uh, Accenture and Apple uh, before starting his own venture in 2018. Hi Abhishek, uh, welcome to Entrepreneur Lounge of India. Hi, hi Priyaranjan, uh, really excited to be talking to you today and, and really appreciate the invite. So I think, and what, what you're doing at ELI, I think it's very inspirational, even for us as, the, uh, as founders. I think wonderful, wonderful platform, wonderful uh, forum, I think, for us to share our, our stories. Thank you, Abhishek. Uh, Abhishek, uh, I would request you to uh, introduce yourself to our audience, please. Okay, um, so I'll introduce myself. Um, uh, um, I'm actually a father. I think that's the way I like to introduce myself. Uh, I'm a father for a, um, uh, for a six, 17 month old daughter. Uh, uh, she's, she's absolutely a dream. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a massive uh, sports fan. I love uh, watching any kind of sports. I love cricket, for example, a lot. Um, and, and I follow everything. Very happy that world is slightly starting to come back to normal. Um, um, I'm, I'm an engineer like most kids in India. Uh, uh, at least uh, I'm a different engineer. I, I'm not a computer science and an IT engineer. I'm an environmental engineer. So I love the fact that you have a beautiful photo of, uh, or actually sitting in the middle of a really green, nice, uh, healthy patch. Mm. Um, um, sustainability, um, education, um, working with people, skilling them up. These are some of my biggest passions in life. Mm. Uh, I have been very lucky and honestly, I've been very privileged um, to have built careers in, in those areas. Uh, and I think, I think one of the best things I would introduce myself to say, I'm very proud to be an Indian, happy to be born in a country where uh, there is no dearth of opportunity. Uh, Maybe not necessarily the best infrastructure at times, but that's okay. I mean, uh, I would I would um, always trade opportunity for infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I would like to know a bit about uh, what is MBA trick? Uh, what does it do? And before that, uh, if you can explain uh, how did you come up with the interesting logo of MBA trick? Uh, I think it is on your T-shirt as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it actually came uh, with a very simple thought we had long back, uh, both me and my co-founder. Uh, we said, what is the number one thing that if you ask any person who hires from the industry, uh, and our focus always a little bit um, more towards the, sort of the, if you want to call it the white collar or the office or corporate jobs, was what is the big challenge that we are facing with um, with the young people coming into the workforce the biggest thing is they they're not hitting the ground running so we came up with the slogan called hit the ground running and essentially that's the this person who's trying to run and 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 you see they have a hat the graduation hat with a tassel so the idea is it's a it's a young student he or she is is 
is running towards their career and and starting the the career i think that is essentially the idea behind the logo and sort of the idea behind the business as well or the venture you know i, I think for us uh, you know something we were talking about previously uh, we wanted we were very heavily invested in the idea that um, enough young people in this country are not scaling their corporate careers or their careers in general um, and and it's taking too much time and for the amount of money that indian parents indian children indian uh, college students put into their education time money effort i don't think people are getting the return and and the money the return is not in the money actually only it's many other things but i think in the scale of the career i mean uh, so i think that's the core idea for the for the venture so we've we've built tools we build assessments we build products and services to help people start and launch the right career for themselves i think the biggest thing is uh, till my generation i i think i am a generation different from today's generation um you didn't choose a career the career was chosen for you mm-hmm. right um uh, right uh, though it was not like you know back in the olden days it was not a carpenter's son becoming a carpenter but yeah i mean my 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 family had a very strong corporate lineage so there was no choice but for me to go to the corporate world it was it, because that is the only thing i ever saw in my life right i didn't see anything else so i think now i am very happy looking at parents and looking at how even younger people are coming through the system the education system are saying no i want to do what i want to do and now the thing is for us people who have graduated before them we owe them the responsibility of actually telling them what career takes you where and i think that is the focus of of our venture that we want to help people start on the right path which is right for them right yeah. uh, and meeting all kinds of expectations uh, personality what's your personality like your comfort level working with people with technology aspirations around money i mean it's absolutely fine to have aspiration of money from a career but then what career will get you what money against what quality of life there is a balance of all the three right so i think the, that's what we believe our role is to launch people's career and uh, we've helped through for that for the last 3 uh, 4 years now actually so really really happy about it uh, as i said very privileged to be in this position uh so uh, i think you are catering to a much needed uh, area of the market uh, but uh, my question is what is what is stopping uh, students or uh, uh, you know uh, young people from choosing a particular career what is stopping them uh, from finding their passion or area of interest uh, in other countries if you look at uh, us or europe their people are very open and they choose what they want to do actually they do not uh, uh, you know go after the common trends uh, for example when i was starting out uh, everybody was studying electrical engineering or mechanical engineering so uh, you know i i did not have any idea of what what is what uh, wh- what do you do with the mechanical or what do you do with the computer science so i followed what everyone is doing right so uh, can you tell me what what is stopping people what is the core reason behind it 
Okay, perfect. So I'll start with the last word you mentioned, passion. Right. So the the the, the challenge is, um, if you think from a country standpoint, right, uh, where we are today, the generations in the 60s or 70s were still trying to secure themselves, and then the 80s, 90s got a little more confident. Then liberalization happened. Then sort of even by the way, honestly, if you ask me, I was not a very secure person when I started my career. I was very insecure in terms of can I take risks. Uh, I mean, I'm 36 now. I would have loved to be an entrepreneur when I was 25 years old, right? But the problem is that time is gone now. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you could, you could even argue I'm late to the party. I'm honestly late to the party because if I look at my peer set of entrepreneurs in the ed tech and skill tech business, uh, they are easily eight to ten years younger than me, right? Now. uh i think the next generation things will change but uh, let's coming back to your point i think we we need to build ecosystems in the education system so i'm very happy to see the new education policy coming through in the education system in the mindset of parents teachers people who run schools and colleges the fact that we have to let young people express their passion right one of the biggest things that our education tree, uh, tells us is not to express passion is to follow a process because the process was confirmed by so many people and therefore that is the only process to success hmm but the only process to growth right so i think the biggest challenge is there there are not enough systems in place to actually unlock passion and i think in a strange way they have come from very funny things you know like social media has actually let people express their passion so there are so many influences i'm i'm shocked like uh, in a way that i have found young people who have 1 lakh 2 lakh 3 lakh 5 lakh 10 lakh subscribers and they're posting such amazing stuff and and not all of it is tiktok or fun and all that some of it is very serious they're talking about careers and all that and i'm like wow this is person only 22 years of age they've not even started a career but they have created a platform they have got people in their their passion is to to mentor and coach people they may not be a mentor but they can get mentors to people so i think that social media and a lot of these other things that are coming through are really helping unlock passion in in young people and i think as a society as a as businesses as as educators in like uh, in a school and college principals and deans and all that their biggest role has to be how to unlock here the passion let them call out and say i want to do this i mean one of the funniest jokes on instagram is right now in india everybody is a cook everybody is uh, <laughs> cooking and taking all those master chef pictures i mean come on honestly half of us don't know how to cook right i'm okay i need know how to cook but i'm also posting pictures on instagram why is just a way to express our passion right uh, and there's nothing wrong in it you never know that out of this maybe the next 500 or 1000 uh, proper chefs could come out of india so home chefs could be identified mm. so i think that's the key thing the system has to be in place for passion to be unlocked right and people to express passion without fear i think that's the biggest thing i think that we are going away now i think i'm very happy to see that that you know people are saying oh you want to be a cook fine that's great i've seen on master chef those cooks become very they have great careers right i think that's a that's a key thing 
the the fact that now people can connect a passion with some kind of if i can use the word in a lot of people think of it negatively in a way is monetization can i make money can i build a career out of it i think that's the second piece of the puzzle is can we find ways of celebrating people who have taken a passion and created something at scale it could be a not profit it could be a profit business whatever it is but it is a successful piece and also share their failures so combination of both and that's why something that you are doing is actually very wonderful because it is actually sharing the passion of the entrepreneurs with young people so hopefully they are not scared to actually express that you know i want to be an entrepreneur they could have i have my entire family there is no entrepreneur ever hmm. there is no entrepreneur we have no history of entrepreneur okay right? so uh, i think the fact that maybe if i'm the first entrepreneur i can hopefully inspire later on in my family some entrepreneurs you never know hopefully speaking of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship uh, do you uh, guide you guide people into different uh, uh, careers and uh, different type of uh, uh, fields do you direct anyone to entrepreneurship as well have you yeah yeah so we have a special product around that which is focused more around um, people uh, if the word is pre final year so third year of engineering or second year of you know a three year course like a bba or a bcom so the idea with uh, these uh, these young people is we actually uh, see if there is the seed of entrepreneurship inside them and we actually um, as a as a part of the service we actually talk to parents and we actually identify that listen your child or your uh, your your young one actually has the ability to be a good entrepreneur they have and sometimes in many cases uh, you know they have been doing something let's say on social media or whatever which is very close to being a proper business or a proper venture so we've actually recommended people for entrepreneurship um, um have we still as a business been uh, able to drive people end to end for them to actually go and then start an entrepreneur venture uh, we haven't got there i would love to be to look at maybe offerings or uh, products that we create over a period of time where we actually um, you know kind of play that semi incubator role i think that would be something that uh, i think would should be a great uh, thing from for us to do uh, we aren't we aren't quite there but yes we do recommend some people for entrepreneurship especially sometimes um, given monetary constraints and all that we actually recommend to people that maybe you may want to work for a couple of years for a short period and then actually look at entrepreneurship as a viable career option not just you know a flash in the pan actually you could be an entrepreneur for the next 15 20 years so but maybe you need the experience and things from from working for the next few years so yeah we we've, we've done that with a lot of people and uh, yeah and i think a lot of people are actually coming out themselves and saying i would like to do entrepreneurship can you help me build can you help me build the case for myself i want to be first convinced that i will be an entrepreneur can you help me i know i can be but somebody has to convince me okay right hmm so uh, now i'll get back to the regular course of interview uh, would like mm-hmm. to know uh, when did you think of starting a venture of your own and uh, when you thought uh, when the idea hit your head what were the 
uh, what was the first thing you did what were your initial days like okay so that's very interesting so um actually while i've been full time at mba for the last two years um or a little more than two years now but actually mba track was sort of uh, a discussion i was having with my co-founder well way back in 2015 end of 2015 actually mm-hmm. uh, 2015 16 is when we were really thinking of uh, this uh, for me the trigger actually came for the fact that i was uh, working with a lot of young people um, i was hiring them i was mentoring them and uh, and the best of colleges and the worst of colleges hmm. the challenge i would find is roughly the same okay what and is- that would get you so the challenge was as i said uh, actually there were two things um, uh, we didn't find people or we it, it was a big struggle for for, for me personally to find people who are industry um, are relevant mm. and career ready so the so that they were neither ready for 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 a career or neither relevant like uh, you know they didn't know the industry trends they were they, they didn't believe that this was required they were like okay we'll just go to campus placement get placed uh, i mean you've been through the process right you've been mm-hmm. in engineering probably seen it you know you just show up for campus placement you are placed Yeah. do you want to work in the company do you understand the role do you understand the job do you understand the skills required no it's okay i'll, I'll see i'll get there and i'll see right so so i think uh, that was something that i found very problematic because as a com- as on the company side you would spend 6 months to 9 months training people and then suddenly they would actually find something they want to do and they'll say okay i'm sorry i'm gone hmm right and people would leave so uh, what we felt that this is such a waste of more time and effort for me personally it was i spent 9 months training this person and suddenly they genuinely believe and they would come to me and say hey i'm sorry i don't want to do what i'm doing right now because i didn't think through it i got i had to get a job so i got a job and i'm talented enough that i'll get a job but i want to go and do something else so i'm going there hmm. right so i think uh, we wanted to stop this we wanted to stop this we wanted to put people in the right place at the start right so that they don't do this to a company they don't do it to themselves they don't do it to their career hmm. right and uh, that was the thing and for me personally i think um i had worked for a while so i had worked for 7 8 years 9 years in it uh, so i was starting to feel that i don't want to do one thing at a time i want to do many things at a time and the only thing fundamentally uh, which allows you to do that is entrepreneurship when you can do multiple things and connect them together mm-hmm. i think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship at least that's what i've learned in the last 2 3 years that mm-hmm. you can do multiple things at the same time and be able to connect them um, it's probably been a part of my personality for a very long time i didn't realize it uh i was very thankful to be in consulting because consulting also gives you very similar kind of exposures hmm. uh but i think after a fairly decent corporate career i was feeling that you know i can do things i could do a lot more things if i was in complete control of what i could do okay the one of the biggest challenges when you can get to uh, sort of the level i was in the corporate ladder is um 
you have two you have people at the bottom hmm. below you and people at the top of you right so you are basically trying to solve for both people you never think about yourself <laughs> or you never you are never building your career you actually building people's career here or building people's career here. so right. what eventually happens um you actually realize after a while uh, you aren't doing anything for yourself uh and i think that's where it hit me that you know i need to do something where i am actually making a difference uh and actually changing things because in a corporate career you are typically going one path up right so your ability to make change and see the change through uh takes a lot of time it takes a lot of patience also hmm. right because you may float a idea or a project by the time it actually gets to the ground in a big corporate company right it mm-hmm. takes two two years to three years right and in entrepreneurship you can think of it today and you can execute it on monday so true right right um so i think that was one thing um i think from from step standpoint what did i do i think i started to write down my thoughts because i think one of the things people don't do when they think of entrepreneurship is actually try to structure those thoughts Hmm. what would i like to do what kind of business i would like to i had multiple competing businesses in my mind so i was thinking of doing something around the sustainability area as well which is a which is honestly a deep passion because it comes from my education and what not um this was another one but probably this was a more immediate idea which i understood very well hmm. uh, but i could only come to that conclusion when i started to write down things Okay. um i put it down on a computer or a, a document and i started penning the idea and then it became clear to me yeah okay i am starting to see different aspects of 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 this business or this venture together which means that i am now very close to taking the as they say taking the leap or taking the plunge hmm. right so i think i think that is something that at least i personally learned that uh you need to start putting everything either on a piece of paper or a white board or somewhere right so that that mental load goes away and then once you see it again then it becomes very clear to you that hey am i ready for this or i am not ready for this and sometimes the answer is i am not ready for this right maybe for the other business i was not ready for it i realized that i am not ready for this this one i am more ready for uh because i can think about it more deeply i can build let's say a, a virtual two year plan in my mind but here i couldn't build a plan beyond 3 months uh, mm-hmm. and that then gives you a very good sense that maybe this is not the best idea to start with maybe the other one is so i think uh, that really helped me personally if you ask me i think okay. uh, putting those thoughts down once the idea was uh... Uh, fixed then uh, how did you uh, manage recruiting the team and then arranging the funds ha huh. okay so i'll do the funds the funds was in a way interesting that uh, i and my co-founder decided to self fund the business even today it is self funded um uh, which means that uh, a you have to first get used to not having salary hmm. because you've had salary for 9 years uh and a decent salary and you get used to a lifestyle and all that um uh, so you have to first let go of the salary i think that's the big mental block that yeah, i had to clear i personally. think somebody some uh, person said uh, sal 
uh, what is the biggest addiction uh, in the world that is monthly salary <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i think it is bigger than any kind of harmful substances and all that you <laughs> take because you can go live without them for hopefully but you can't live without salary in a way so yeah i think obviously the salary piece was there i think um, i i over a period of time consolidated some of my investments and everything so that i would use it as a part of uh, the venture um so funding obviously uh, but one of the bigger part of the funding was the company had to make money quicker hmm. than let's say other edtech companies which are raising funds because in their case they can use somebody else's funds to grow the business in our case uh, the the revenue that we generate was supposed to feed back into the business so okay. thankfully we have achieved that now so we are happy with where we are but obviously we are looking to scale so that's there um i think from a people standpoint um i think the people piece is the hardest okay funds are easy to arrange honestly i think uh, yeah. in today's indian system uh, funding edu- uh, ecosystem i think there are a lot of big companies out there a lot of big ventures so the pe's the vc's you have so many options you have venture debt you have venture capital all that mm. i think the, all that can be still managed mm. i think the bigger challenge is people okay. uh, because you need to find people at least the first core team mm. who has the same passion as you so the problem is you are essentially now looking for 5 to 10 more entrepreneurs okay but who are also specialist in their role so it's mm. a very strange combination you are asking for the sun and the moon together mm. because they need to be good at one thing but they also need to think exactly like an entrepreneur so they have the same they have to have the same passion for your for for the company's business or the venture mm. but they also should be very good at what they are doing mm. so functionally they have to be good and they need to have the comp- they need to be literally like an entrepreneur mm. so i i think i'm very happy that and honestly you know what i know this may sound very cliche okay. but in entrepreneurship somebody had told me this and i now firmly believe it the first core team picks you rather than you picking them okay so if you interview enough and you meet people enough eventually somebody will come and like you so much Hmm. that you would be like okay i will i will give you an arm i will cut my arm and a leg to have you and you can become part of my venture so i think as an entrepreneur the first team actually arrives to you not the other way around hmm. it's very rare that uh, i i'm sure most entrepreneurs when they will talk about it they will actually share that hmm. the first set of people or a good section of the first section of people actually came to them rather than the other way around right uh, so give us examples uh, tell us how did you uh, recruit your uh, uh, the, your uh, core team as well as your co-founder mm. how did you first convince them to join you and you know what are the uh, things you uh, so, yeah yeah go on go ahead go ahead the things uh, i'll let you finish uh, i i was asking what were what were the qualities you were looking for uh, in a particular ah, okay okay so i think the co-founder is a little easy uh, um, i actually share a blood relation with my co-founder he is my father so okay. he and i uh, both have very long i mean we had fairly long corporate careers he's worked for a good 40 years 
in the corporate world. I had worked for about ten years, and we both were. So he had another venture. Uh, I was obviously in the corporate world, but we both connected on the same idea. Every time we met, hmm. we only talked about the same thing. Okay. That you know, how can we do something for young people? How can we launch people's career? And hmm. eventually, uh, we we decided that we can okay, we can post on LinkedIn and all that, but that's not going to create real value or real change. The only way we'll create real change is we build a venture around it. Okay. So that's how I found my co-founder in a way. He was sitting right next to me all my life. I did not know that, mm-hmm. uh, but that's how I found him. I think um, with the team, uh, we went to the campuses. Uh, uh, we were very lucky to have some nice interns initially. So we went to all the campuses in the Delhi region and, and around. And we traveled across India as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the campuses. We went through the campus placement sort of process. Because, see, in our case, uh, there was a dual intent. We wanted to learn the system as well, mm-hmm. inside out. Mm-hmm. So because, we see, it's a system we're trying to fix. So we might as well learn it also, right? Okay. So for us, that worked very well. Um, we got deep into the system. We went to, I mean, in two years, we covered almost 100 plus campuses on foot. Okay. We did a lot of physical hiring, uh, a lot of virtual hiring, uh, spoke to a lot of students. So I think, um, so I think from a quality standpoint, let me, let me put it that way. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I look for whenever I hire anybody, uh, hmm. is, uh, is it's a very interesting word, uh, is resilience. Okay. Uh, and I think where you're sitting, the people of Orissa are like the, are the, uh, you know, they're God, they're at the God level of resilience, right? They have a flood every year on time. It is, it gets worse and worse every year, but they are so resilient. They know exactly what to do. Uh, there's no panic in the state. Mm. Everybody goes, shows up to work the next day. Mm. It's just not a big deal. They've just figured a way out to solve for this. And they are very, how do I say? They're almost undramatic about it. It's not a big deal. Mm. Right? It's like, okay, flood. I, okay. Oh, this year was actually not as bad as last year. Last year was really bad. Uh, this year is okay. okay. Right. right? So, so I think that's great. I think that's something that any onto any venture uh, core team needs is mm. that resilience that, you know, okay, today was a bad day, but tomorrow will be a good day. And I will make sure it's a good day. Mm. Right? And I will, in, in, even if I went in thinking tomorrow will be a good day and tomorrow's a bad day, that's okay. But day after will be a good day again. Hmm. So you need that kind of spirit in people where they will say, every day will be a good day and I will make it happen. Okay. Right? Good day could be more users, more people, uh, uh, more money, more uh, solving a particular problem, getting something fixed on the web. It could be anything. But I'm going to go in and I'm going to make a difference today. Right. So I think resilience is probably the number one quality that at least I've always looked for. I think it's very important. Um, I think the other thing which is very important for me in a very funny way is, is I don't know if the word is professionalism, but I think a high level of integrity and honesty. Mm. Uh, in terms of, 
I love to have people who, let's say, uh, not be able to do works that day and actually tell me that evening that, sorry, sir, or sorry, Abhishek, for a couple of hours in a day, I didn't feel like working, right? But you know what? Tomorrow I'll make up for it and they make up for it tomorrow, hmm. right? And that is brilliant because I think that is A, very human okay. and B, I think the level of if people can be extremely transparent with you, I think that's another thing. So people who value transparency, who value integrity, honesty, I think it's very easy because working with them, because what happens is then you are not guessing. Hmm. You know exactly what you see is true. Hmm. So the thing is, your mind is not occupied in, in trying to analyze what somebody said or what somebody did to say, is this the reality or is this fake? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing was the lockdown. I mean, I was just truly, truly impressed with the way my team responded to it. That there were days that, you know, they would come and tell me that, sorry, Vishek, today is, I have not been able to somehow work because there's so much distraction at home and all that. But then the other day, I, I'm sitting there and somebody's working late in the night and I'm trying to tell them, please go to sleep. And they're like, no, it's fine because the last day I didn't work very I didn't cover my time well, so I'm co- compensating for it. Hmm. But uh, as much I don't feel great about people working at 12 o'clock in the night, uh, uh, because I think that's one part of entrepreneurship which is unnecessarily over-celebrated, uh, which is this whole, uh, we will do everything in two days and we will work for 48 hours non-stop. And, hmm. you know, I, I don't know if that's the right way to build people and businesses, but... Um, yeah, I think I think that was something that I really, really look for. So resilience and I think honesty. And I think the sheer ability to solve problems. I would problems. like to give you an example or the point you mentioned. Sure. Uh, so uh, there was this company I interviewed for. They're a fast-growing startup. In fact, they're very well-funded. And uh, they wanted me to work for 13 hours a day and uh, six days a week. And uh, that is uh, 70 hours, uh, 78 hours uh, a week. Uh, so uh, the job uh, I was doing before it was 40 hours a week so I told them are you doubling my salary um, because the work time has doubled uh, they the uh, justification they said is uh, we are a fast growing startup this is the way we are <laughs> I, I told them this is not what uh, I am boss <laughs> you hire somebody else I think the point you mentioned, uh, there has to be a balance between work and life. uh, And I think uh, there is a balance of quality because the thing is, basically, if somebody is working 80 hours, after 55 hours, the quality of work is very poor. Hmm. They can tell, you can tell me whatever you feel like. The reality of the fact is, if somebody were to run a scientific experiment, and, and I've seen this personally from consulting because consulting was also long hours after your 55th or 60th hour basically Hmm. every additional hour you put the return is actually negative your your productivity starts falling massively so even if you're putting 20 more hours you would have fundamentally done two hours of work Mm -hmm. true true or three hours so what's the point of working 80 hours so true. You might as well you might as well push yourself and work for sixty hours, but you work so well in the sixty hours that you're done, right? You know, and 
and it's something that i've i've tried a lot to maintain with my team and they i think they've done very well and personally to work five days a week i think everybody deserves the saturday and sunday like right? mm. why not right so why not as a startup we challenge the fact that you don't have to wake up on saturday morning and go to office mm. yeah i mean there are times we have come very rarely mm. but only when the need has arisen for some special things or for events like these or webinars or what not mm. but that's it otherwise uh, or we have to travel okay mm. but why should we work every saturday sunday okay uh, why can't we work longer on the weekdays finish our work and then have our own personal lives right abhishek i have I one more question around uh, the team building uh, i think you already have a core team in in place so here is a very interesting question uh, every every startup almost all the startups are based on growth their model is based on growth so uh, <laughs> let's say you oh, your business model is solid and you grow very fast and uh, to grow very fast your core team has to be very solid but once the startup has grown and it has become a unicorn uh, the team uh, which is in place the core team they not be very well experienced maybe they have 3 years experience or 4 years experience they are not uh, equipped enough to be the department heads or in you know, avp or dgm of a particular department so how would a, how should a startup founder deal with such a situation should he allow people to grow at uh, the same rate as the uh, company is growing or should he hire more responsible more experienced people for uh, the top level or top uh, top level roles uh when the startup grows so so there's a very interesting question actually very well deep uh, well thought question abhiranjan uh, sir let me try to answer it both as an entrepreneur and as an industry professional i'm a younger i'm i'm a far younger entrepreneur compared to all those celebrated entrepreneurs i'm very young i'm still learning actually but i think on the in- industry side i probably have better experience to talk about it um because i've seen poor leaders on both sides what i believe uh, and i'm still learning leadership honestly um mm. i think you're right i think when companies go and by the way i i honestly believe uh, the companies are built not on growth but on people mm. till till we don't come up with machines who can completely replace us i think every business in this planet uh, is bur- uh, built on people not on machine uh, not on uh, growth Mm. growth actually comes because of people not the other way around mm. right so um uh, so i think the people element is important and therefore i think as a as a as a founder a co-founder i think the biggest thing people have to realize some people are individual contributors so in fact the biggest tech companies in the world the apples the googles the facebook microsoft everybody has identified they call it the ic role some people don't get a team they don't manage a team okay. because they are individually so brilliant they can do their job and they can do one part of the whole thing without having to worry about talking to 20 people hmm. right and i think as a founder co-founder you have to learn to not make them managers hmm. you have to find individual contributor roles for them bigger and bigger roles as they grow up in their career or as your business scales up okay. i think 
the other set of people are people who have the mc capability mc is managerial managerial contribution hmm. right so i think those are the people that i think a founder a co-founder along with him or herself by the way hmm. should spend time building the leadership capability i okay. think one of the things that i've seen at least with the fast going entrepreneurs they never talk about how they are working on improving the quality of their leadership hmm. right and i think that's a big miss they become so obsessed with the growth as you would you say the whole growth and hyper growth and exponential growth and this growth and that growth they don't realize that actually for that growth to sustain um the leadership team needs to become leaders hmm the problem is they when they started they were not leaders they were area heads or you know functional expert and that eq element that emotional quotient element or emotional intelligence has to expand so much that they should be able to lead 500000 people and and to a certain way the old traditional way of you know people would go through the ranks and let's say when you became a plant manager you you handled 5000 people when you handle 5000 people your emotional intelligence is equal to that of god literally right. because okay. you you're you're handling 5000 variables at one point hmm. right multiplied by everybody has let's say 20 personality variables going so 5000 multiplied by 20 that's like what wow, that's crazy that's one lakh combinations working uh, something like that and then they are also interacting with each other Mm. right so so i think that's the eq element is very important for the core team as they grow they need to grow that eq or emotional intelligence uh, really massively so that they can also and they need to and and the biggest thing is i think they have to drive that message all the way down mm. to the next level of leadership that eq and e, uh, emotional intelligence is very important and also to not load people who don't want to do managerial work Hmm. who don't want to be the people's person don't make a people's person out of someone who is not a people's person okay. i i've learned it the hard way um, because uh, i've seen a lot of people in my consulting career who were great individual contributors but hmm. the the day they became a manager their career just completely collapsed okay because they couldn't deal with people hmm right i think it was very nicely answered just one uh, one doubt uh, that was left uh, yeah yeah so uh, this particular guy who is a individual contributor who has uh, built who was your first uh, staff recruited he built your engine uh, and mm-hmm. then later on he is not growing he is uh, what he is uh, is doing what he was doing he is not growing how do you address this uh, particular issue how i i think this particular person will lose out in the long run always i also if you look at various companies uh, successful companies uh, i think there was uh, a some guy if you look for uh, if you take reference of apple there was another guy called steve wozniak so he lost the uh, you know he did not get anything he built the first apple computer but he did not get anything i think the same thing happens to all the individual contributors uh working in startups how how this particular issue can be addressed 
Um, so I think it's actually the reverse. I think Steve was more of an IC. Uh, Steve Wozniak was a, a people's person. So a lot of so so I think the bigger thing with the IC, the individual contributor, um, because Steve himself was a genius. He's an absolute genius, right? I think uh, when you look at some of these tech startup billionaires and these big leaders, they have been smart enough to realize that they are an IC. Mm. And the smartest thing that an IC should do for their own growth is mm. to sur- surround people with, uh, surround themselves with people who are MCs. Mm. Because what will happen is these MCs will help grow their business or their venture or their idea. And I think the IC and, and as an entrepreneur, I've realized it with my team. The people who are individual contributors, I try to make the problem bigger and bigger for them to solve. Because if you give the, as you said, I, you built my engine and now your job is to maintain that engine. They will lose interest. Right. They will feel that they're stagnated. What do you have to go and say? You build a um, hundred, let's say a 50 horsepower engine. Now build me a 500 horsepower engine. And when they, once they build you a 500 horsepower, you say, I'm not satisfied. I want a 5,000 horsepower engine. Okay. You make the ocean bigger and bigger for them. And that's the only challenge, by the way, which will actually truly inspire them. So actually money may not inspire them. Uh, uh, fancy titles may not inspire them. But the challenge of a bigger problem that they can solve uh, on their own or with the with the help of a team that will truly drive them i think so with the ics i think over a period of time you have to work towards how can i give them bigger and much bigger bigger problems to solve uh, and, and keep them growing that is growth for them because the managerial contribution person will only measure growth in terms of how large my team is mm. how many people are i hand, handling Actually, the larger the problem is not, uh, if you keep increasing the problem, it's not necessarily going to make them very uh, excited. But the more people they manage, the more variables they manage, the more complexity of the task that they will enjoy more. So because their managerial contribution, right, that mind is built to connect 20 things and try to solve. Uh, whereas the individual contributor is very different. Individual contributor is looking to take a very tough problem uh, and and a big problem that nobody else can solve, they can go and solve it. I think uh, it's it's sort of two ways of thinking about it. Mm. And there's some people who are a mix. I I mean it's not black and white, but people tend to be predominantly either on this side or that side. That is a very interesting perspective. I think a lot of young entrepreneurs are struggling with this particular issue and well addressed by you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Abhishek, I think uh, I am almost up uh, with uh, time uh, as well as questions. Uh, one last question. What would be your final message to potential entrepreneurs of this country? What would be my final message? Um, I think uh, first, make sure you have settled on the passion. Your entrepreneurship has to be a passion, something you can't wake up in the morning and try to convince yourself that this is what I need to do. You should be convinced the moment you wake up. Right? So I think if the passion is missing, don't do it. Just It's okay. You can close the business tomorrow. It's not a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, yeah, there's legal hassles and all that. You can figure it out, but do it because you will ma- make your life easy. So follow the passion always. First, build the passion and then uh, monetize it. Number one, I think find a way to monetize it, or or build scale. So it, monetization actually doesn't always mean money. It means scale also, some kind of scale. And and to a certain degree, I I agree with this whole hyper growth concept in a way. Though I don't think necessarily is the best way of building a business, but it's okay. I think I think it works for a lot of people and it's good. It's important. It creates disruption in the market. I think uh, third thing is uh, truly find an idea. It's probably better to find a new idea or a white space rather than copy an existing idea and trying to do it a little better than someone else. Uh, the success may come later, but it might be a lot more than just trying to copy something else. I, I think personally that makes sense. I think fourth is build a great team uh, because as an entrepreneurship uh, in an entrepreneurship journey, I fell into the trap early that I will try to do everything myself. I will work 90 hours a week. And why should I hire more people? Why should I spend the money? I can do it all my own. No, actually the more things go through different people, the more likely it will be of quality. And I think the last thing therefore connected to that is uh, quality. I think as an entrepreneur, don't sacrifice on the quality of the product or service or offering or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice the quality. Be, be obnoxious about quality uh, uh, to the extent that you should be obsessed about it. Right? Mm-hmm. I will not give something bad to my customers. Let me take the, I will take the financial hit. I will take the personal hit. That's okay. Take it, but don't give anything of bad quality to the customer. And something I think I'm very proud of with my team and myself is uh, at whatever cost, we never want to give anything bad to the customer. We will always want to make it right. Uh, so much so that if we have to lose our shirt for it, that's fine. Hmm. Right. Uh, especially if we promise something to the customer and we couldn't deliver or we couldn't manage the perception with the customer that we had done something, we will work very hard to prove that we did right. If we can't, then we will do exactly what the customer needs. We will deliver the quality or we will deliver it exactly the way you do it. uh, You want, uh, because I think that's the last thing. If you can do that, um, I think your customers, regardless of whatever they say, they will continue to love you and, and grow you as a business, right? I mean, if you think of all the big companies in our country, um, why doesn't anybody complain about anything which is built by the Tata group? Because we know the group stands for quality, whatever sudden that, right? From an AC they built to the Starbucks coffee that you have to, to uh, the cars. Yeah, I mean, it, is it the best fanciest car in India? No. But is it a car that you trust? The quality you trust? Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I think I think those companies and those businesses last, which focus on on quality and and addressing the customer's need. Right. I think we should never lose sight of that as entrepreneurs. Uh, we all tend to, 
business becomes more important than the customer but we must remember there is no business without the customer right and and then something i'm i'm very happy as i said i love cricket i'm hearing a lot of the cricketers and they're saying yeah i mean it's great to play cricket again and we are playing in but we are playing in front of empty stadiums i don't play cricket to earn money or or that i'm playing for these people but at least i have i know today somebody is watching on television but if somebody stops watching my game then why am i playing in the first place i play mm-hmm. for those people those are my customers right and i i it's very nice to hear all the big cricketers saying that you know we play for the crowds uh, i think it's 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 great to hear that they actually because a lot of time you see them in the ipl and all that you think they only play for money but actually they don't it's it's great to hear that i think the same thing with the founders you you play every day for your customers the day you forget that i mean it's the day you kind of start to go down then yeah i think if it is for money then you can go to uh, go for a full time job uh, money is there enough money to sustain yourself no i think money is a part of it absolutely fine you need to make money by actually serving the customer but if you are only making money and not serving the customer the way they should be served then there is a challenge right i think making money there is no problem with it every business should at least aim to cover its cost that's the way you have to do business uh, right it makes absolute sense no problem but you have to address the customer first if you are missing that itself it's like missing a big fundamental right so uh, yeah I, i think that's the final message i would leave anybody with at least that's what i've learned a uh, lot of people can prove me wrong and say abhishek sorry that's not how business is done i have a 500 crore business i have a 10000 crore rupee business and that's how you don't do business okay i guess that's that's probably right also i think Maybe that is right but that's my feeling i think that was a lovely message yeah uh, so abhishek uh, uh, i think we have overshot the uh, time limit by th- uh, 30 minutes uh, oh wow sorry i apologize for that this is the longest uh, discussion uh, we have uh, had uh, in this channel uh, it was really interesting though uh, okay so on that note uh, i would like to end this session um, i i would mm-hmm. also like to tell you that it was a pleasure uh, to ha- host you at eli and our audience would have got uh, lifetime lessons from this video thanks for your time abhishek uh, and our best wishes for mba trek thank you priyanjan uh, best wishes to you at eli i think absolutely wonderful uh, sort of initiative forum that you're trying to create Uh, the biggest of success to you uh, the biggest of growth to you guys i think it's wonderful that you're thinking of being an ecosystem player in the in the in the startup world um, and yeah and and please reach out to me let me know what where i can help you i will try to connect you to other founders as well but uh, wonderful work i think i am I, i think it's been a privilege on the other end honestly uh, i've i've learned i am very happy to to have learned things from someone like you so really appreciate the time thank you thank you abhishek uh, we are you can follow and connect with abhishek on linkedin uh, by searching for uh, abhishek srivastava also do visit mba trek website by typing mbatrek.com so uh, whom do you want to have here at uh, eli for next episode do let me know in comments below 
we will be back before you know it uh, stay tuned to entrepreneur launch of india